I'd like to share with you an unbelievable story that I heard from Rabbi Per. Rosh Yeshiva, Farakwa Yeshiva, he says that there was an Israeli soldier, not religious, who then at that time, on his few days off from the army, they gave him off from his commando unit, and he went home, and he heard that that night, there was a rabbi in town that was given a class. So he figured, why not? He goes to the rabbi's class, he listens to the class, and he was very inspired. But the problem was, the next morning, they're shipping him right back to his commando unit, There's no way for him to be able to follow up with the rabbi. He never knew how sweet Judaism was. He grew up as a Chiloni 100%. So he turns to the rabbi at the end of the night and says, Rabbi, please, just give me one thing to start. One thing. Give me one little mitzvah, one little halacha, something. I can't walk out empty-handed. The rabbi tells him, you're going back to the army. I can't give you tefillin. I can't give you really anything. You're leaving in a few hours. I have no time to go out and buy it and come back. It's the middle of the night. All the stores are closed. This I can give you. The halacha states that when you wake up in the morning, you're supposed to put your right shoe on first, then your left shoe, and then you're supposed to tie your left shoe and then your right, respectively. It's a halacha. The soldier looked at him and said, really? This halachot for how you tie your shoes in the morning. Wow. I didn't even have a clue that Judaism was so prati, so detailed. Okay, that I can do. In the morning when I wake up, I'll put my right shoe on first. Then my left shoe, then I'll tie my left shoe, I'll tie my right shoe. At least I'm doing a halacha, a mitzvah every day. It's simple. I'm putting my shoes on anyways. And sure enough, for the next few weeks, every single Morning, this soldier put on his shoes, his right shoe first, his right boot first, actually. His left boot tied him up, left and then right. And he did this every single day. One morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, the air raid siren went off. And they were running a surprise drill. And quickly, all the men, including himself, all the soldiers in his bunker, they jumped out of their beds as they were trained. Immediately, quickly, they got dressed, not knowing if this is real. Or if this is just, just a test. And as he's quickly getting dressed, he totally didn't realize. He threw his clothes on. He threw his shoes on. And he's running out the tent. Then he stops. He says, oh my gosh. The air raid is going off. But I didn't do my shoes right. But he doesn't know if it's an emergency or not. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He says, I'm going to do it. I told the rabbi I'm doing it. It's the tiniest little thing. Air raid or not. I got to do it. He turns around. Runs back into his tent, goes, sits down on his bed, pulls his shoes off again, and puts them on the right way. The right foot first, left foot, ties the left foot, then he ties the right foot. Quickly, he jumps up. Now, obviously, he's behind everyone else. He's running outside. As he's running outside, he sees the helicopter that all the guys in his command platoon, his group, the helicopter took off. They didn't wait for him. He watched as the helicopter took off. He missed it. Twenty minutes later, he finds out. And this was a story that we all heard a few years back. Two Israeli helicopters collided mid-air during a run, during an air raid run, on a testing. Both helicopters came crashing down and everyone was killed. This soldier was the only survivor because of a pair of shoes that he ran back to redo again. Now, how small is that? Putting on shoes in the morning. 
the way the halacha tells you to do. You think it's so small, but yet in Shamayim, it's that big. It's so big that it could actually do, and in this particular case, save, save someone's life. Do you know that there was a speaker once that got up in front of all the Gidolim about 20 years ago? He stood up in front of all the Gidolim of America at that time, all the Rosh Hayishivot. There was Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, Rabbi Rudiman, all the great Rosh Hayishivot of America of 20 years ago. And the speaker got up, and he wanted to inspire the audience. So he told them about the grocer of Minsk. He says, please, let me tell you about this grocer. He was a real Yerashamayim. He would not sell cigarettes to any Jew on Friday. Because at that time, the city of Minsk, they had a lot of Jews that were falling out of Judaism. He was worried. If he was going to sell them a pack of cigarettes Friday afternoon, they might come to smoke those cigarettes on Shabbat. So he refused. The cigarette counter was locked up every Friday. That evening, that Friday evening, as he was going home, he sees that there's two boys, two Jewish boys, that they're sitting in the shul, and he saw these boys from early morning sitting and learning in the shul together. No Rebbe, just these two young little boys alone. And he watched that every single day, these two young Jewish boys come to the shul, and they learn together. So one day the grocer walks into the shul and says, Hey boys, how come you're not going to yeshiva? How come you're here in the shul? And the boys say, Well, we lost our parents. We have no money. We have nobody to send us to yeshiva. And because of that, we can't afford to pay a rebbe. So we're sitting together and we're trying our best to learn together. Two young little eight, nine-year-old boys. The grocer said, Really? You know what? I'm going to send you to yeshiva. He quickly calls up the yeshiva. He pays them the tuition for whatever it was. And he sent these two boys to yeshiva. He paid them a few pennies just to get them into yeshiva and sent these two boys to a real yeshiva. Years later, one of these boys shined the entire world with the light of his Torah because one of those boys' name was Aaron Cutler. The great Rebbe Aaron Cutler, Zechet Sadik Lebracha, the Rosh HaYeshiva of Lakewood Yeshiva, the one that started the entire Lakewood community, the one that opened the Lakewood Yeshiva, that today you have some 10,000 Talmidei Chachamim sitting in the Yeshiva of Rav Aaron Cutler. And how did that begin? Because one Jew came along and did something little, something small. He sent the little boy to a Yeshiva. But that boy grew up to be a Gadol. And that Gadol went and opened up not just a Yeshiva, an entire city of Talmidei Chachamim. Look what a small little thing could do. Look what one Jew can do. Right when the speaker finished speaking, he was about to sit down. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky leans over and grabbed the arm of the speaker. And he said, I was the other boy. Do you understand what we're talking about here? A small little act. He put two boys into yeshiva. Take a look. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. The Rosh HaYeshiva of Torah Vada'at. Rabbi Aaron Cutler, the Rosh HaYeshiva of Lakewood, New Jersey. What did he do? A small little act. That's all it took. But look, look at what he affected. He affected the entire Am Yisrael by putting these two boys in Yeshiva. Could you imagine? We can't imagine. Can't imagine the reward of this simple grocer who put these two boys in Yeshiva. Impossible to imagine.
We don't realize, but sometimes we could do things that can influence and affect people, and we don't even have a clue. We don't even have the intention that we're doing it, but we affect people around us in a great way. I know once a Rabbi Travis, not from Brooklyn, but actually from Jersey, he was driving up to the toll of the Verrazano Bridge. And for some reason or other, he miscalculated, and he was short a dollar. At that time, there was no easy pass yet. He was stuck. So he pulls his car up. At that time, I believe the Verrazano was $3. It was like times of Abraham Lincoln. And he was short a dollar. So he pulls up, and he gets out of his car, and he's scratching his head. He doesn't know what to do. And he's going, and he has $2. The car behind him, a man stops, gets out of the car, walks up to him and says, Is everything okay? What's the matter? He says, I'm short a dollar. So he says, Okay, don't worry. He pulls this man, random guy, pulls a dollar out of his pocket and hands it to him. So Rabbi Travis takes the dollar. Now he has the three dollars. He's about to get into his car. And the guy tells him, Shalom. Rabbi Travis turns around and says, You're Jewish? Of course. I see another Jewish guy in distress. Absolutely. I'm going to help you. What's the question? Now this guy wasn't religious, but he saw another Jew in distress. He gave him the dollar. Rabbi Travis says, I don't know how, but one day I'm going to pay you back this dollar. Don't think you're doing just a little nothing thing here. You're doing something big. I'm going to pay you this dollar back one day. I don't know how, but I'll pay you back one day. And he goes through the toll and he drives off. Two years later, two years, Rabbi Travis's wife gave birth in Maimonides Hospital here in Brooklyn. And as he was walking outside to go home, right after his wife's delivery, he's walking down the block and he sees that there's a car there. The meter maid drives right up next to the car. She's about to give this car a ticket. The meter expired. So he says, this is the poor guy, just for a few pennies, he's going to get a $70, $80 ticket. Quickly, he pulls out four quarters. He starts feeding the meter. Just then, as he's feeding him, he hears there's a guy running that. Rabbi Travis turns around and says, okay, I just, oh my gosh. It's you. I remember you. You were the guy that gave me the dollar two years ago by the Verrazano Bridge to go through the toll. I told you I'm going to pay you back. I just put in four quarters into your meter. This guy was so taken by the Hashgacha Pratit. He turned around and he said, wow, there must be a God in this world. You know, I've been going back and forth in my head for I don't know how long, but now if God put us together like this again, you don't know what you just did for me now. I want to know more about Judaism. Not only did Rabbi Travis give this guy back his four quarters, but Rabbi Travis gave this guy back his religion. Rabbi Travis was the one who made this guy religious. It all started was from a dollar by a toll booth in the Verrazano Bridge. A small little something. We have no clue. We have no clue the ripple effect of what we can cause on the smallest of actions done by a Jew with purity. We have no clue. And the reward, that's beyond our comprehension. That's beyond our imagination. You know, I, I know personally this story, and I want to give it to you over the best I can. Recently, I don't want to go into a detail for a good reason, but a family member of mine, we were there the night that a family member of mine got engaged. And there, my wife, myself, were waiting to meet the girl. That night they proposed. He proposed. That night he proposed. 
We got the call. They're coming back to the house. We're going to meet the Kala for the first time. Sure enough, they come in. We start singing. We start giving them Mabruk. And then my wife looks at the girl. She gives a yell. And I look at my wife and say, you know her? She says, I don't believe it. And then the Kala looks at my wife and she gives a scream. It was like one of those high school reunions for a girl's school. Everyone's screaming. And I'm looking back and forth as the bull's going over the net. And I'm saying, what's going on here? Somebody fill me in. And my wife said, it's you? I, I can't believe it. It turns out this girl tells me, the Kala, she says, you know, when I was young, I wasn't religious. I used to go on the B-68 every day down Coney Island Avenue. And I used to meet your wife on the bus as a young girl. And she was going from home to the school that she was going in Borough Park at that time, high school. And she said, I used to watch your wife as a young girl. This religious girl would get on that bus every day. And I would watch her. And I was just taken by her. She had such unbelievable characteristics, Midot. Every time an old lady came on the bus, she got up and gave her her seat. One time I remember there was an old lady that was carrying packages. She helped her with the packages off the bus. There was another time I remember an old man fell. She helped him up. And I was so taken by her that one day I decided, that's it. I'm going to strike a conversation with her. And I went and sat down next to her. And I started to speak to her. And little by little, the more I spoke to her, the more I was inspired. And I decided, that's it. One night I came home and I said, Daddy, I want to leave the school that you sent me to. I want to go to yeshiva. I became religious because of your wife watching her as she acted on the bus every day. And sure enough, who does she end up marrying? My wife's brother. Now this has to show your appetite something very powerful. At that time, believe me, when my wife was getting up for the old lady on the bus, she never thought that anyone was watching her, I guarantee you that. But the idea is, even if you're not intentionally going out to do, you wouldn't believe how much and how many you could be affecting. It's the small things that count. I remember recently I bumped into a guy in the Netsminyan. He walks in and he had a beard. And he had peot. And he looked like a mini Rosh Yeshiva. And I looked at him once and I kept praying. And then all of a sudden I took a second look and I said, oh my gosh, I know him. That's Abi. I can't believe it. I turned around and said, Abi, what in the world happened to you? last time I saw you, you were in a tank top with jeans. You had rips everywhere you could possibly have rips. Let's just leave it at that. How in the world do you look like, what happened to you? Right after Tefillah, he says to me, come, I'll tell you what happened. He says, do you remember five years ago Purim? You know that by the Minyan, every year Purim, all the guys, after we get stone drunk at night with the rabbi, we all line up to get berachot. I said, well, I wish I could remember. So far, this is the sixth year that I don't even remember putting the holiday in the first place. It comes and it goes. He says, well, I'll tell you what happened that pudding. I was standing on that line with a bunch of guys waiting to get a biracha from you. And the guy in front of me, you grabbed him, you started crying, and you screamed to him. You better become a Talmud Chacham. Hashem gifted you with an unbelievable head. Don't be a baltashchit. Don't be a waste. You have a future to be a gadol. Do something with yourself. The guy said, I saw that the guy in front of me, he started shaking. And he asked you, Rabbi, what should I do? And he said, you turned to him and you said to him, go to Israel. 
A.B. says, I stopped for that minute and I said, one second, one second. You should go to Israel? What about me? I also should go to Israel, you know? He says, Rabbi, forgive me, but I walked right off the line. I didn't even get the biracha because I really felt that those words were meant for me too. And the next night, I was on a plane to Israel. The morning after Purim, right? Ben Shushan Purim, right? The morning after Purim, he says, I bought the ticket. I was on El Al flight that night to Israel. I wish I could show you the before and after picture of this guy. You have to see him, Be'emet. It's, it's mind-boggling. He's a Talmud Chacham. He has a wife. Lan Harai has little kids. He learns day and night. But I wasn't even talking to him. I was talking to somebody else on the line. You wouldn't believe at times. You wouldn't believe. The smallest things, who would affect, who's watching, who's looking. You'd never believe what can come out from the smallest things that a Jew does with a pure heart. You'd never believe. There's a guy in Lakewood that told me that uh, he lent a guy $100. And he made a condition. The condition was, after 30 days, don't pay it back to me. But you must lend the money to somebody else who needs it. And you must tell that person the same stipulation that I'm telling you. And the guy said, okay. He says, I lent him the money, $100. And I made the stipulation. 30 days, you lend it to someone else. 30 days later, sure enough, he found out somebody needed money. He lent someone else the same $100. With the tznai, with the condition that you lend it to someone else. He says he knows as a fact that his $100 went around to over 300 people. And he's keeping count of the chain. 300 people went through that $100. It might have been for a few days. It might have been for a month. It might have been for two months. But each time they lent the money, it was with the condition that when you're done with it, you lend it to someone else. A little thing. A little action. Take a look what it did. And look how many people it affected. You don't have to open up organizations to change the world. Even the small action with a pure heart has such a ripple effect that it could have such influence on people that you'd never believe it would reach. That's the power of an individual. That's the power of Am Yisrael. Don't underestimate your power.